right. For all of you joining online or for those of you that are here in person, we want to start off by making sure you are aware that you are in the right space. If you want to be here, you are welcome to be here. It is, uh, it, it is our, our modicum, it is our motto that we go out of our way to make sure that there is always room for one more. That's right. So you are in the right space this morning. Uh, we are continuing our series, our welcome table series, uh, as we walk through uh, the gospel of Luke this morning. So the welcome table. Are you with me? Yes. Little head nod, general murmur. Appreciate it. Welcome table usually includes a prayer. You've been there, everyone's sitting around the table, the meal is sitting in front of you, and then someone suggests that it is time for the blessing. What they're really saying is it's time to pray. But why do we do this? Why do we pray? What is this prayer thing really all about? I'm gonna warn you, asking these kinds of questions can get you into trouble. They will stir up your mind. And if you are like me, you will walk away realizing that you know less than you thought you did before studying it. What I can tell you at the outset of our exploration for our texts this morning is that while we, learn, we will learn something new about prayer, we will walk away actually knowing very little about it in total. It really deserves its own sermon series. We will end up with more questions than we started out with, but we will know more than when we started, as is all things concerning God. Hmm. Another question about prayer comes to mind. Do we, do we even want to pray? Oh, church, are we going to be real this morning? We better cut off the live stream for a moment. They already shut the windows, put some deacons at the doors, and everybody turn off your phone so we can be real and vulnerable for a moment. Do we even want to pray? Not every time that someone offers us a prayer, do we want it? And not every time that someone asks for it, are we really excited to offer? It's really a matter of the condition of our hearts. Oof. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Here, here's something. But, but especially like when we're angry? No? Do you, has this ever happened to anybody else in the room? Come on, I need just a head nod from like one or two of you. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Like when I'm angry, I don't want a prayer from you right now. I'm gonna be real, I'm gonna be vulnerable. Like when I'm angry, that is not the time. Like, can you see the look on my face? Can you read the room? This is not the time for you to be standing in front of me with your eyes closed. That means there's no witnesses. Mm-mm. It's a condition of the heart. In all seriousness, there are lots of scenarios in which we don't want to pray. And for most of the ones I can think of, they all involve my heart being prideful. They are all moments when my heart needs to be humbled. And this is where our text this morning starts out. We continue our walk through Luke and our Welcome Table series. We are in Luke chapter 11, and we will start off with verse 1. You'll recognize the text right away. It is the Lord's Prayer 
But let's take a look at the beginning of the prayer first. And before we dive in, would you mind if we go to the Lord in prayer? Dear Lord, as we open up your word and we endeavor to understand it, we ask that you would reveal yourself to us this morning. Teach us more about who you are and what you are up to in our lives and in the lives of those that are around us. For we are asking in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Lord, teach us to pray. Notice that he didn't say, Lord, teach us how to pray. Lord, teach us to pray implies that they were lacking maybe in the desire or impetus or motivation but when they watched Jesus pray, it changed them. They saw something in his prayer time with the Father that they wanted to know more about. One scholar puts it like this, there was something about watching Jesus pray that made them, the disciples, want to learn how to pray as Jesus prayed. There was something magnetic about the prayer life of Jesus and the way he prayed showed something of his relationship with God the Father. Lord, teach us to pray. Most directly, their request was not to learn how to pray, but to pray. Our greatest difficulty is not with mastering the specific technique or approach in prayer. Though, those are all helpful, and it is technically like what we're doing here with the sermon this morning. Our greatest need is simply to pray and to pray more and more. The Apostle Paul later writes in Ephesians 6.18 saying, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. Hmm, that's a lot out of one verse. You ready to go to the next one? Yeah, let's go. Second verse, he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Now, you may be used to a different version. We're running out of the Luke version, so there's probably a few more words that are about to rattle off, but they're not in the Luke version. We're just dealing with this portion. In a later version of this sermon, we may go to those other places. Today, we're just going to stay put in Luke. Father is an interesting choice for how to reference God. As, as far as I can tell, and according to all the scholars that I was able to check with, this is the first time that someone refers to God as Father. To be able to speak with the creator of the universe with familial terminology would sit far outside of what people were comfortable to hearing at the time. It would hit their ears with an almost uncomfortableness Almost like what would happen if I were to refer to God as a woman in this space. Ooh, let's see. Can we do it? Our mother who art in heaven, out who art in heaven, hallowed be her name. Ooh, did you feel the uncomfortableness? Did you did it did it did it like did it do a little something down your spine? A little ah, that wasn't what I was used to. You know, like you know that God isn't actually a man, but it just doesn't sit right. It's not what I'm used to. It's the best example of what I can come up with with what the sound would be 
for them to hear someone refer to God as Father. It doesn't sit right. Can we really move into this space where we think of God in familiar terms? Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. A scholar puts it like this. The model prayer, being the Lord's prayer, shows us passion for God's glory and agenda. His name, kingdom, and will have the top priority. Everyone wants to guard their own name and reputation, but we must resist the tendency to protect and promote ourselves first, instead, uh, instead putting God's name, kingdom, and will first. This shows that prayer isn't a tool to get what we want from God. It is a way to get God's will accomplished in us and around us. Mm, in other words, prayer is about changing us, not God. The blessings of God are pouring out on us all the time, but we're not ready to receive those blessings. It's like we are a cup turned upside down and the blessings of God keep pouring down on us constantly. But it's not until we turn the cup right side up that we are finally in a position to receive and hold the blessings. And when you think about it, it makes sense, of course. Prayer is designed to change us. Do we really believe that God must be convinced of our situation in order to care? He is the God of the cosmos. What change can we make in him that would improve who he is? All right, now we go on to the third verse. Let's go. Give us each day our daily bread. It might be a good idea to stop and recognize from time to time that everything we have is a gift from God. Your talents, the money in your bank account, we are just stewards of everything. Our daily needs are all provisioned from God, but we forget sometimes especially when our needs have been met for a consistent period of time. Are you with me? General head nod, little murmur. Thank you. Appreciate it. Especially when our needs have been met for a while, we might forget that each day is supplied to each of us, whether we have $1 in our bank account or $1 billion, it's all God's. Whether we have 10 talents or one talent, it's all God's. Hmm might be good for us to stop and recognize that from time to time. Do we do this? Do we do these things in our prayers, church? I wonder. Moving on to the fourth verse. Forgive us of our sins, for we also forgive everyone else who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. What can humble your heart more than asking for forgiveness? To admit that we've messed up, that we've caused harm to someone else or to ourselves. It was John the Baptist that preached, repent, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Why repent? Why do we need to claim or admit the harm that we have caused? Because if we don't, we won't realize how in need of a Savior we actually are all the time. So if we observe this prayer as an example of what prayer is, what can we take away from it? One, God is God, and we are not. We need to acknowledge that God is the God of our lives. This is an important component of prayer because it helps 
change how we view ourselves, we are constantly trying to make God, uh, sorry, we're constantly trying to make ourselves God in our lives. We put ourselves in the driver's seat instead of letting him lead. Acknowledge who God is and let him be God. Number two, we need to acknowledge that God's plans are better than our plans. We make plans for ourselves every day. I mean, maybe I'm speaking for you. I make plans for myself every day. We remind ourselves that God too, we must remind ourselves that God too has a plan for our day. And if we ignore it, his work may go undone. Doing this changes our perspective and makes us more attuned to looking at what God is trying to do around us. How different would our church look if it was God's will being done all the time instead of our own? How different would our community look if it was God's will all the time instead of our own? Mm, These are questions that make me feel uncomfortable. Number three, my things, my gifts, and even my talents are not mine. Acknowledging this turns my cup right side up, opening me up to even more gifts and blessings from God. And lastly, from the Lord's Prayer, my, my, my last takeaway is we must recognize our need for a Savior. Our debt is so large, but his mercy is even greater. Now, all of this is good and well, but what does it have to do with prayer on a practical level? How does prayer look when righteous people take advantage of it? Well, let's take a look at a little story from a different part of the Bible. You may be familiar with it. It's found in Daniel chapter 2. Yeah, good story. Quick little backstory while you're flipping or pressing buttons on your phone to get there. Quick little backstory, just in case anyone needs a refresher. Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael are all serving in King Nebuchadnezzar's court. Now, King Nebuchadnezzar gets a dream from God, but doesn't know what it means, and so he asks his magicians and astrologers to tell him what the, me- the meaning of the dream and to interpret it for him. They cannot, obviously. And so the king orders that all the wise men and astrologers be killed. This is problematic for Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael because they too are wise men, even though they weren't in the room when this all went down, and obviously they don't want to be killed. It's a crazy situation with high stakes, and it was all orchestrated by God. I point that out because we often pray to God to be delivered from a situation, but instead we may, maybe we should be asking for him to help us endure and get through the situation because it may be of his design. Oh, maybe not always. I don't know. I don't want to go down that. I don't know. All right, let's jump into it. Are you ready? We're just going to read through it. Ooh, fun times. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. Yeah, you better believe he did. I'd speak with wisdom and tact, too, if somebody were about to kill me. He asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a hard, harsh decree? Arioch then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went to the king, and he asks for more time so that he may interpret the dream. Thing number one, asks for more time. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends. Things number two, where does he go? After encountering a crazy situation, he asks for more time, then he goes and does what? He finds his friends and he asks for help from them. He urged them to plead for mercy from from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. 
During the night, mystery, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in vision, and then Daniel praised the God of heaven. I'm sorry, but if I'm about to be killed because crazy king guy got a dream and couldn't figure it out, and I'm, I'm like, my head is on the chopping block, and God finally delivers to me this dream and tells me what it means, my first predilection is to go to crazy king guy and tell him what the dream is and what it means. But Daniel Daniel doesn't have that reaction before going to the king, before acting on the, 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 the answer to his prayer. He stops and praises God while the king is ready to kill him. Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. Seasons. He deposes kings and raises them up. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and the light dwells within him. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we ask of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. And then he goes and he tells the dream and they live happily ever after. Not really, but you know, kind of. He asked for more time. He goes and he finds his friends for spiritual support. They fervently pray until the situation is resolved. And then they give thanks before finally acting on the answer to their prayer. I told you, we're going to end up with more questions than we started out with. But we will know a little more than we did at the beginning. So why do we pray? Rather, I think the better question now is, how do we pray well? The Lord's Prayer is notable for its simplicity and brevity. It is a marvel of powerful prayer put in simple terms. Ecclesiastes 5.2 puts it like this, God is in heaven and you are on earth, therefore let your words be few. Philip Yancey tells a story in his book about prayer in which he says, a young woman raised her hand with a question. I knew her as a shy, conscientious student who attended faithfully but never spoke. The rest of the class seemed surprised as well and listened attentively. I'm not always sincere when I pray, she began. Sometimes it seems forced or like a ritual. I'm just repeating words. Does God even hear these prayers? Should I keep going even though I have no confidence that I'm doing it right? Philip Yancey continues. I let the silence hang in the room for a moment before attempting an answer. Do you notice how quiet it is in here? I said. We all sense your honesty. I took, it, it took courage for you to be vulnerable. And you touched a nerve with us in this room. You seem sincere, unlike a salesman. Say, who gets paid to give a spiel? We tuned in listening and respectful because you are being 
authentic. And I imagine it is the same with God more than anything else. God wants your authentic self. As we are getting ready to be led in a musical response, I want to invite you to consider your own prayer time. Have you taken time lately to talk with God? While you're listening to the music, take this opportunity to be real and authentic with your creator, with your savior, with your friend. Grace and peace to you as you seek him this morning. Grace.